hard work. I think we're almost at the top. Wow, look at the views, babe. Wow, look, you can see the ocean. Holy shit. We're so high up. It looks like we've got the place to ourselves. Judging by the state of that path, I don't think many people go up here. Mm. Can I have a kiss? Mm. <laughs> Should we find somewhere to sit down? What about on that big rock over there? Listen to the rest of this audio story, Fun at the Lookout, at harleyrabbit.com. Use the code INTOIT at the checkout for 25% off and see where the rabbit hole takes you. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Hey, hey, friends, this is Harley Rabbit here. Welcome back to another episode of Turns Out I'm Into It, the show all about helping you discover your kinky self and live your best sex life. Sex is something that is extremely unique to each of us, what we like, what we don't like. Um, and it's an important part of our lives, as even if society would prefer we don't talk about it. Um having a healthy, fulfilling sex life is part of having a healthy, fulfilling life, right? Unfortunately, not everyone is super well-matched in, they might be an amazing uh, partnership outside of the bedroom, but when it comes to sex, they might not be that compatible. And this is the case for a lot of long-term couples. They love each other, but for whatever reason, in the bedroom, things just aren't great. Now, there's lots of things that you can do to improve your sex life with each other. Um, that's not what I'm here to talk about today. We will cover that in other episodes, I'm sure. Um, in today's episode, we're going to talk about this concept of outsourcing sex in a relationship, which essentially means opening up the relationship. While this solution might not be for everyone, it's an option that many couples might be considering. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, it's a bit of a flow on episode from last week's where we spoke about some of the common misconceptions about open relationships. Um, so if you haven't listened to that one, please do. Um, but this week, we're specifically going to go through some tips and advice on how to go about opening up your relationship, if that's what you would like to do. But before we jump into all of that juicy stuff, um, I've just got some quick announcements for you. I thought... For today's episode, I'm actually going to give myself a shout out, my uh, website to be specific, harleyrabbit.com. So some of you may know or may not know that I make audio erotica, which I sell on my Harley Rabbit website. It's a wonderful way for you to experience different fantasies from the safety and privacy of your own headphones. The website is also a wonderful way to support me. So this podcast is not um, like it might be growing which is wonderful, but it's not at a point where it can be sponsored yet. So I don't make anything out of doing this work. And as much as I like to tell myself, I'm doing like a 20 minute episode, it'll take like half an hour. It actually ends up taking like five hours by the time I've researched it and written out an episode plan, recorded it. Sometimes I listen back and go, nope, that's not right. 
and then I delete it and do it again um, and I edit it and then upload it to the um, distribution company website, Blueberry. Um, that whole process takes about five hours per episode, which I'm working on getting down to a bit like I'm trying to make that process more efficient just so it's sustainable for me. Um, but realistically, being the perfectionist I am, I haven't been able to compromise on quality. So if it's taking five hours an episode, that's what it's taking. So if you're getting a lot out of this podcast and you're in a position where you'd like to support me and you can support me, um, the best way to do that is through my website, harleyrabbit.com. You can either purchase an audio story or you can sign up as a VIP member, which is a recurring monthly subscription. And that will give you access to the entire library of audios as well. Membership is $12.99 a month. Um, and most of the audio stories are $5.99. Some of the shorter ones are $3.99. And that's in US dollars, just to make it simple globally. All right, so let's get on to today's episode. It is super common to outsource things in our relationships. For example, if one person really loves hiking and the other one does not, the person who loves hiking might have some hiking friends that they do that with, and the partner doesn't have to fulfill that part of their partner's life. Another common example is having deep and meaningful conversations. If you're a couple and your partner doesn't really like the whole DNM thing, but you really enjoy that deep intimacy and conversation, you might have a bestie that you have those chats with. Human beings are wonderfully complex and we have a lot of different needs and it's kind of unrealistic to expect one person to be able to fulfill all of those needs, right? One of those needs is, of course, sex. But people feel particularly uncomfortable about the idea of outsourcing sex to someone else. There are lots of reasons for this. Um, for some people, those reasons might be personal. So, for example, if you are someone who feels like sex and love are deeply connected, intertwined, um, and you don't feel there's a big separation between those things, then obviously having your partner sleep with someone else might feel very uncomfortable and that's completely valid. Other times these reasons are more culturally, 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 there we go. These reasons are more culturally based. So we might have been brought up in a Christian household or in a culture that really places a lot of value on monogamy. In this case, sometimes people, because they're just brought up in a monogamous culture, they don't realise that there's another option. They think, oh, no, that's bad. We can't do that, right? Right? <laughs> but of course you can. Lots of people do and they make it work. Again, I would suggest that you, if you haven't done, go back and listen to last week's episode if you'd like to get some more clarity around um, what being in an open relationship means. The good news is if our reasons for being in a monogamous relationship are more culturally based, it's just what we've been brought up to do as normal, we can then reflect on that and assess if that's the best option for us. At the end of the day, it is your decision. Please don't let anyone pressure you into it. Um, it's something that you must be really wanting to do yourself if, it's, if you're going to make it work. My apologies. There are so many birds outside today. Um, I try and usually record when they are being quiet, but they have been chattering all day. So I apologize if there's some background noise. Um... 
So the other day I was listening to a audiobook called Making Love Real and I highly recommend listening to or reading this book if you're wanting to um, learn more about relationships and intimacy and connection and all of that. It's a wonderful book written by Danielle Harrell and Celeste Hirschman, who are the founders of the uh, Somatica Institute, where I'm studying at the moment. But anyway, in this book, they talk a lot about this idea of outsourcing sex and they give some wonderful advice for couples who are wanting to give that a go. So all the information that I'm going to give you in this podcast can be found in that book, plus a whole bunch of other valuable stuff. Um, Yeah, I'll just go through each of those five points with you now and probably interject with a bunch of my own thoughts and experiences in there. (laughs) All right. So tip number one is to go slow. Start with something inside your comfort zone and gradually step outside your comfort zone as you feel more confident to do so. So what this tip is talking about is don't try and do it all at once. Just because you've decided to give this open relationship thing a go does not mean that you're not allowed to have boundaries. So the advice here is to take baby steps. If the idea of your partner having sexual intercourse with someone else is too much for you, you don't have to start there. You can start with maybe they can just go on a, on a date with someone and see how that feels. Maybe making out with someone at a party is okay. Doing this stuff is really scary and it brings up a lot of feelings. So if you can take baby steps and do this gradually, you'll be able to work through those feelings as they come up. And then as you're feeling more confident, you can extend those boundaries. Make sense? Okay, number two, prioritize your partner's needs and boundaries over the other partners and be clear about this to everyone. This means remembering that your partner is your priority and that their needs will be placed above everything else. So if you have decided to go on a date with someone and your partner at home has had a really bad day and they need you right now, then you will cancel your date and be with your partner. I really think this point is about reassuring each other that just because you're looking at having sex with other people does not mean that your commitment to each other has changed. You are still each other's number one priority. On that note, you do also need to recognise that if you are deciding to sleep with a different person, there are then three people involved in that encounter. So while you want to make your partner your priority, you also need to acknowledge that there is a third person who's involved in this who has feelings and needs as well. Something that I realised that I did early on um, with Slade, and still sometimes we're guilty of this, as you see a third person as like an opportunity for a fuck or an experience and you're so caught up in your own feelings and your partner's feelings that you forget that this is a this other person is a person too. So you want to be clear with them that your priority is with your partner, but you also want to treat them with respect and care. Number three, don't expect your partner to have the same desires as you. Don't try to be fair. You and your partner have different needs. So this point is really talking about Often when we think about opening a relationship and we're setting these boundaries, we want to make it fair, right? We want to say, well, if you can go out and have sex with someone, then I can go out and have sex with someone. But this fairness isn't really necessary. 
um, because we have different needs. Sometimes in a relationship, one person mightn't even want to have sex with anyone else. They might be open to the idea of you going out and having these experiences, but there's no requirement for them to do the same thing. And that's okay. You want to focus on each of your needs, you and your partner's needs individually and address them individually. Don't worry about making them the same for each other. Number four, you won't know what it will feel like until you have the experience. Treat each experience as a trial and debrief after. I love this point because from personal experience, let me let me just tell you a story. So the first time I had uh, a sexual experience with someone outside of my relationship with Slade, so we had wanted it to be an open relationship from the beginning, um, but when we first hooked up, we were so infatuated with each other, we didn't really have a need to go and have experiences outside the relationship. So it actually took a while before we did that. And by then I was having all the insecurities. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm, I've just, I finally found this amazing guy who I love so much. And now I'm going out and jeopardizing all of that. What is wrong with me? This is like the worst thing you can do in a relationship. What if it ruins everything? What if it changes everything? Oh my God, am I doing the right thing? All of these thoughts were in my head. I was panicking to the point where I drove to the um, this guy's house who I was meeting and I just drove around the block a few times because I was so nervous. I think because our culture places such importance on sexual fidelity, I felt like I was committing a crime against my relationship, even though we had discussed this at length and we were both okay with it. We were both wanting this. Now, what happened was... I had this experience and it was really fun. Beyond that, nothing changed. I could not wait to get home to Slade and tell him all about it and reconnect with him. And I think we actually had amazing sex that night too because something about like being reclaimed by your partner after you've been with someone else, it's fucking hot. Anyway, um, but the point in this is I genuinely had no idea how it was going to feel after I'd had this experience. As it turned out, and I think in most cases it turns out fine, probably way less scary than you were expecting, Um, but you don't know how you're going to feel until it happens. So treating each experience as a trial is amazing advice. Just because you've agreed to something does not mean that you've agreed to it forever. It's more like collecting data. It's, It's an experiment. I'm going to go out, have this experience, and then we're going to come back together and talk about how we feel. Do we want to do it again? Was this for us? Maybe yes, maybe no. Obviously, I was super anxious to get back to Slade to see how he would feel about it too. And turns out he was feeling quite fine about it. He had, you know, a bit of jealousy come up and that's really normal too. So if you do have jealousy come up, don't freak out. It doesn't mean you failed. In fact, I think this is exactly what the last point's going to be. Um, yeah, so um, number five. Actually, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. I had one thing I wanted to add um, about debriefing, this reconnecting afterwards. This is something I learned recently about myself. Um, Slade had an experience with another woman the other week and um, I had to laugh because I realised beforehand he he had invited her to our place and I was going to go out for the day. 
Um, and I realized that I was, the only thing I was stressed about was the fact that I felt like the house wasn't clean enough to have company over. <laughs> so I was clearly quite comfortable by now, um, with him having experiences outside the relationship. Um, but anyway, after he had that experience and, um, she left and I came home and I was expecting this big debrief and Slade just didn't give me much. Like he gave me a brief overview. Um, but that was it. And then we went about the rest of our days. And after a little while, I was thinking, oh, something isn't sitting right with me. And I think it's because I really need that debrief. I really need to know what happened, not because I'm being nosy, but because I think for me, being aware of what happened makes it feel like there's no secrets and it's all out in the open. That was something new I learned about myself. And I was able to tell Slade that. And he was like, oh, of course, let me tell you exactly what happened. And then he told me about it and I felt great. I was like, good job, baby. <laughs> good for you. Um, and yeah, it was all good. So this is an example of where debriefing can be really important. Um, I know some couples don't want to hear about it and that's okay too. So some people are like me and they want to know everything. Some people enjoy hearing all the details because it's super hot and gets them excited. Other people are like, I don't care what you do, but I don't want to, I don't want to know about it. I don't want to know the details. And that is really just personal preference. Okay. So number five, our last bit of advice is you must share all of your feelings. Don't try to compare your ability to handle it with your partner's ability. Be as honest as possible. What this point is trying to say is having feelings about this stuff is to be expected. It's completely normal. It does not mean you failed. Um, I think the difference between a monogamous relationship and an open relationship is not that in an open relationship you don't get jealous. It's that when you get jealous, you talk about it and you work through it. The best way I've found to deal with my jealousy is to just be curious about it, to be like, mm, why, all right, why am I feeling jealous? That example just before, I was like, why am I feeling a bit weird about this? Oh, it's because the fact that I don't know what happened feels like it's a secret. So now I can talk to Slade and be like, hey, can you tell me what happened? And then we're all good. Now, that's a really simple example. Often jealousy isn't as easy to manage as that. Um, it can be a lot more powerful and difficult to work with, um, particularly if it's rooted in insecurities. I'll give you an example um, of early on in our relationship. Um, Slade was experiencing a lot of jealousy when I was talking to other guys on FetLife. Um, and he noticed that he wasn't jealous when I'd be talking to guys that he knew, but it was specifically the strangers the men that he didn't know anything about. Um, and we talked about that and we were curious about why that is. So I encourage you to don't feel jealousy and be afraid of it. Be like, oh, fuck, I'm jealous or no. Feel jealousy and go, oh, I think I'm feeling a bit jealous. Let me explore this. What is this about? So in this occasion, when Slade did this, he realised he was actually just afraid of me getting hurt. He was afraid of me going out with some strange man and that man hurting me in some way. 
that feeling made him feel really out of control and like he couldn't protect me. So totally fair enough that that was feeling really uncomfortable for him. So we talked about that once we identified what the insecurity was. Um, I think the solution we came to at the time was I was planning on going on a date uh, with a guy and I just asked, do you mind if I bring my partner along? And he was cool with that. It might sound really weird to bring your partner along on a date, um, but often people like that for a first date because they like to know that the partner is okay with it. Um, and if the partner comes on the date, then it's like, oh, great, we, I get to talk to you both at the same time and make sure everyone's cool. So that's always an option. I think we only did that once and that was kind of enough. After that, it wasn't really a problem for Slade anymore. Um, he wasn't really feeling those feel- same feelings coming up. Um, but if they do come up again, we know that that's a solution we can try. So this is also an example of how boundaries can change. So we might have made it a rule that each new person that we want to have a, a sexual experience with will both go out on a date with them and, and meet them. And that might have been a boundary for us that made us feel more comfortable. So the thing about boundaries, right, people think of boundaries as being like this rule that gets in the way, but boundaries actually make us feel safe and secure. And when we feel safe and secure, we feel more comfortable to explore more and be more daring and take more risks. So don't be afraid of boundaries. Boundaries are your friend. But in this case, we tried this once. It worked, but we didn't really need it again. So those boundaries can change over time and that's completely fine. The whole experience of opening up a relationship is a bit of a roller coaster. It's going to poke all of your feelings and it's going to be tough at times. So as we said in step number one, take it slow and talk to each other. Be honest about your feelings. And yeah, in that last point, it says, don't try to compare your ability to handle it with your partner's ability. So just because one person's really comfortable with it does not mean the other person is going to be comfortable with it. It's not a competition. The best thing you can do for your partner is to be honest about your jealousy. If you have these feelings come up, talk to them about it. Because if you pretend they're not there, if you're like, oh, they're, they're totally cool with this. I guess I'll just be cool with it too. It's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. And then you end up building up all this resentment and resentment doesn't usually end well. So I know it's really hard, but anytime you have feelings come up, be honest and share them. Talk to your partner about them. That's the only way you're going to make this work. You know what? The best thing I've found about being in an open relationship is not that I can go have sexual experiences with other people. I mean, that's great. Of course, that's great. But the best part is how much it's forced Slade and I to communicate. We had to learn how to communicate really, really well and be really open and honest, even when it sucks. Some things are easy to be honest about. Some things, not so much. We call it brutal honesty. Because sometimes being honest is brutal. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it makes you feel like you're letting your partner down. Sometimes you hate, this, hate yourself for having feelings you don't want to have. Sometimes it means you have to hurt your partner a little bit. You know 
that the truth is going to hurt their feelings a bit. But in the long run, being honest is the kindest thing you can do. We're all adults. We all have had hurt feelings before and usually we can handle it. A little bit of brutal honesty at the start is probably a lot easier than having to come clean about something that you've been lying about for a long time or you've been keeping from your partner for a long time. All right, so those are five pieces of advice for opening up your relationship. I just wanted to add as a final note, um, I know I introduced this idea as outsourcing sex. If you're very happy in your current relationship, but for whatever reason, your sex life isn't really working out, outsourcing it may be a great option for you. But having an open relationship does not mean that you're necessarily unhappy with the sex that you're getting. Um, For Slade and I, we're very sexually compatible. That was how our relationship started. Um, We we had great sex and then caught feels later. Um, But for us, having an open relationship is more about having freedom to have other experiences. So, yeah, I just wanted to make it clear that an open relationship does not necessarily mean you're unhappy or not satisfied with your sex life. It just means that you're adventurous and, and you'd like to have other experiences as well. In this case, you can, what's the saying? You can have your cake and eat it too. I never really got that. Like if you have a cake, what, what else are you going to do with it? Anyway, that is not the point. Um, yeah, I think I'll leave it there. Hopefully you have enjoyed this episode. If you have, remember, please give me a five-star rating. Those ratings are anonymous. So if you don't want anyone knowing what you're listening to, that's completely fine. No one will know. All right. Till next time, play safe, have fun, and I will catch you soon. Bye. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Into it. Thanks for listening to Turns Out I'm Into It. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. This will help other people just like you to find this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, you can reach out to me on FetLife or through the Harley Rabbit website. My name on FET is Harley Rabbit, or one word, or you can message me direct through the website. Go to harleyrabbit.com forward slash podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. I will be back soon with another episode exploring the wonderful world of kink. Turns out, turns out.